0: What you want, we've got a model to listen But it makes your rage glisten Our voices about the games And you know we talk about the latest goings More so than any other And our mountain west matters well, well, you You listen to this podcast, too And you You rant about this podcast, too Just a side where Jeremy
1: and Allison Matches and kiss me, friend the frictions we do some good interviews.
0: And you know, from Fresno all the way to poison from Logan down to Asti, they're calling out our name.
1: Where were you? You listen to this podcast too.
0: All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Mountain West podcast, talking football edition, preview number five, correct, Matt? Is this number Uh, five? Yes, it is. Three straight Western Division teams. San Diego State is tonight. Jeremy Moss here with Matt Kennerly. And for those who missed last week's show in Nevada, we had some big news, breaking news, perhaps. We have a new home for everything. I'm pretty excited. Are you excited, Matt?
1: I am excited.
0: New venture, new location, same coverage. We, if you haven't heard our Nevada show, because I there are some people said UNLV fans who are not too happy. He's like I have to listen to a Nevada show to figure this news out. Well, you may have to listen to a San Diego San Diego State show as well.
1: Well, it helps to know your enemies too.
0: Yeah, come on, it's your biggest rival. You got to know who you're going up against. So we're going to collegefootballnews.com. dot com. You guys know who Pete Futak is. You should know who he is. He's a, does some pretty good college football content. We're taking everything over there. We'll have a, By this time, we might have our exact URL mate, uh, mentioned or created, but I don't want to give something incorrectly and give some random other website some good traffic that we rightfully deserve. <laughs> so we're under the Mountain West section for now. I don't want to jinx anything because there's a, a couple signatures that need to be had just to make sure it's official, but you'll find us on the Mountain West section, of course. Twitter, Jeremy Moss, Matt K underscore FS, and... We're and our podcast, if you have our RSS feed, you'll be fine. If you subscribe to iTunes, through Stitcher. We're not gonna be on Blog Talk Radio, we're gonna be moving to Podcast One, but you'll find everything there as well. We'll send those that info out once we get it. But in short, if you subscribe, you'll still be able to hear me butcher names every week.
1: If you subscribe, we'll uh, we'll find ways to, you know, get you the information that you need, just the same as we exactly. always have.
0: For sure. And there's a few a few other, other ways we're gonna to get to where you guys can uh participate in the show, help us out a bit more to make this a great venture, but on to the Aztecs. San Diego State football. Um I did mention a tweet, we're gonna mention South Alabama briefly, just because we have to make fun of it. Do we or do we not? What's what's the verdict on this, Matt? Is that the one time we're done since I just said the the Jaguars name?
1: Well you did promise that, that would be the last time you'd mentioned that loss.
0: We'll we'll do that. That's the last time I'll mention loss because this year, if there's going to be a – there's no South Alabama on the schedule because UC Davis is a FCS team, and NIU is better than – usually than South Alabama. But Aztecs are back-to-back conference titles, and beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Let's move on. Let's get to the team here. So there's not much turnover, really. Coaching staff basically stays the same. Um, they do lose this guy named Donald Pumphrey's He's pretty good, right? He's he's no longer back that. Running back who uh, broke every single rushing record. Asterix, Rondane record.
1: Had a solid 2016, he did.
0: Yeah, so offensively, let's start with the offense like we normally do. The key is it's, the offense isn't going to be much different than last year. It's going to be same old, same old where – that's not a bad thing either, where they're going to run the ball and run it well. And they have – Rashard Pen- Pennyback, who was, what did he do? Uh, Eleven hundred yards last year, just over a thousand yards again. Mm-hmm. To back up Humphrey, so it's not like it's going to be some a drastic change where oh, who's going to replace this great rusher? They had probably the one of the best. What would you say the rushing attack was last year? Top ten overall, perhaps with two guys over a thousand yards.
1: Yeah, I believe the the only team in the conference who was better than them nationally was New Mexico course and they were they were actually then fin- actually excuse me new mexico and air force but even so if you go by yards per carry as a rushing offense last year they finished seventh in the country and when you remove the you know the triple option teams that run a lot you know just because that's what their offense is you know the only teams that really ranked ahead of them last year are teams like south florida who got a lot of production out of their quarterback and Quentin flowers lsu surprisingly you know Louisville who had Lamar Jackson in Middle Tennessee and that was it that was it.
0: by yards per carry correct by yards
1: per carry last by year yeah. Carry, yeah and that was it you know and it seems kind of amazing to suggest that even though they're losing the nation's leading rusher from a year ago they could be better than they were a year ago would you I'm agree
0: I don't know. They're losing Nico Saragusa on the offensive line. That's a big loss. He's in the NFL now. They're a key offensive lineman. That's a big loss right there.
1: That is true. I think if they take a step back, it might be because it takes a little bit of time for the newcomers on the offensive line to coalesce because they're not just losing Saragusa. They're losing four starters off of that line. You know, Daniel Brunskill, who signed a free agent contract at the next level, Quade Miller, who was pretty good. Arthur Flores, who was an all-conference performer, I believe. You know, Antonio Rosales is the only guy coming back. I think it helps, though, that not only are the guys who are slated to step in fairly well-regarded recruits who have been in the system, you know, they've had time as understudies to really commit to learning the system, and it's not like it's overly complex. Like, they get to line up and they get to punch people in the mouth 60 times a game. That's pretty good work if you can get it.
0: That That is. And even with, after Rashard Penny, they have, who is it, Jawan Watson behind him as well? Yes. Watson, who ran pretty, as a third string back, ran pretty well. And the offensive line, that's a pretty big loss because each starter last year, well, they had basically, those were it. Those four guys with the 14 starts per, for the whole season. That... It's going to be an issue, but we'll get to it later on. But they open up with uh, say, um, excuse me, UC Davis, who I mentioned before. That should be a pretty good game to be able to kind of get their get their rhythm going and playing as as the machine they have in the past couple of years. They return quarterback Christian Chapman, who, again, Aztec fans, don't get mad at me. There's not, there's not a need for him to throw the ball. Like I said last year, if Aztecs should have a pretty good passing attack, they would just steamroll the conference more than, more than they have the past couple of years. The problem is they don't really have, like, who's their go-to receiver? They have probably one of the better tight ends in the conference, but overall, like, they're passing in the past couple of years. It's been – I know they have Michael Holder back, but he only had 27 catches last year.
1: See, here's a question then. Is it a problem if he does exactly what they need him to do and he does it well?
0: No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying how how they could be even better.
1: That's true. Because
0: they don't need – the thing is, it's like I made a comparison. Like he completed over 61% of his passes. 28 sacks was probably a bit more than they'd like. But I compared it to uh, with the Bravens that won the Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer. He didn't have to win them the games. He just ran the offense, efficient, didn't turn the ball ball over very much. He only had six interceptions last year. But if they want to take the next step to challenge South Florida, Colorado State – some team for the uh, Boise State, for not even the conference, but the uh, Peach Bowl or Fiesta Bowl, whatever big money game they can go to, they need to have the offense have a passing game as well. Because we looked at what happened versus Houston in the bowl game last year, the first half, they were st- stymied and couldn't do anything until the defense got turnovers and forced that Houston defense to get tired for being on the field so much. But you give them credit everything for that, for what they did to get the second half going for, to roll to roll out that game and kind of run away with it a little bit. But if they're going to be like an elite team, be a well above average team, I know 11 and two the past years. that's a great season, but okay. The one loss again, I'm not going to mention the team who should not be named, but if you want to be considered this elite program, you got a, a little bit, I want a little bit more passing game to maybe not legitimize them, but to be more of a, a threat because there are certain teams, like when you look at air force or New Mexico, if they stop their running attack, they're over. Navy, if you stop their running attack, there's nothing they can do to beat you. If a team could somehow slow down like Houston did in the first half against San Diego State, Aztecs can't throw the ball well enough to beat a team through the air. That's what I'm getting at. If, they, if he takes a step forward and Chapman, if the receivers take a step forward, Michael Holder, David Wells, whoever else is going to catch the ball, Quest Truxton perhaps, guys back there who contributed last year, if that passing game can be a little bit better, this team's even more dangerous, and it'll help a little bit too because with a new offensive line, you got to break in players. Even though Penny's played as well as he has, as much as he had, two-time defending special teams player of the year as well, there's still a few things where I'd like to see them be better at offense and passing the ball as one of them. And again, if they're a bit better, like how great would they be if they had a, if they had Nick Stevens as their quarterback or something?
1: I mean, I think that that's a fair point, but I'm not – totally sure that the situation is as dire as you it seems to me that you're suggesting it to be and the main reason I say that is because if you take a deeper dive into what he actually did last year you know if you look at the split stats if you look at the situational stats there really wasn't any drop-off in his performance whatsoever he actually got a little bit better when the Aztecs were tied or whether they were losing, which, granted, never really happened that often. But, you know, in situations where they tie, where they were tied, he threw 49 passes, had six touchdowns and one interception. When they were down by, you know, one score, he was actually a little bit better. Granted, those situations were few and far between, but I really don't think you have to look for any further than the first Wyoming game last year. Where, you know, it wasn't really Pumphrey and Penny that took them down the field. It was Chapman who led them 99 yards through the air for the most part.
0: I remember that. I'm like, you give me that any time, I'd never take it, ever. I probably still wouldn't take it if that was this year. If they had to go 99 yards and Chapman was the guy to lead you the way throwing, I'd still pro- I'd still likely say that's not going to happen.
1: So, and, and for I mean, any
0: quarterback, but really, think about any quarterback, how often are you going to be confident you're, you're going to score a touchdown in that situation anyways?
1: Yeah, and I mean and even by down, you know, he was he was pretty good on second down or on first down. He was, you know, okay on second down. But then when it was, you know, third down and they needed a first down, he was you know, his numbers rebounded a little bit. He had eight touchdowns on third downs last year, which I think is pretty good. And he was, you know, by quarter he was fairly steady as well. He actually played his best both in the first quarter and in the fourth quarter. So I think that if they're in more than one situation where maybe they're down by one score, I don't think Chapman is really going to be the problem. To me, the bigger question lies in whether they can find a second receiver again. Because like you said, you know Michael Holder is back. He's very clearly their big play threat, having averaged over 20 yards a catch last year. But then you're looking at guys like Quest Truxton, who, you know, in this very, very, very small sample, you know, he did okay. But what kind of workload are they going to ask of him or, you know, the guys even further down the job chart like Timothy Wilson? Or, you know, is a redshirt freshman like Isaiah Macklin going to be able to break into the mix? Kind of a big target. But even despite that, you know, they're still going to have Rashad Penny who is not only a very dangerous runner, he's also one of the conference's best receivers. And Juwan Washington, I think, is probably in that same mold. He only had three catches last year, but they were for 72 yards, which I think tells you a lot. So I think on the whole, it's probably not going to be that big of a deal if they have to throw a little more often, but it is going to be interesting to see who steps up and claims that number two receiver spot, especially.
0: Yeah, that's my point. Like, I'm not people think I'm downplaying what he does. Like I get, they my, my point is they don't need him to win games. And you look at what Holder did last year for the amount of yards per reception was 21 yards per catch, mm-hmm. 11 yards per target. If you take that away. Like I know it's kind of maybe pit me picking a few things here and there, but Chapman overall, even including what Holder did only averaged like eight yards in an attempt. And so i am just, there there's, the receivers, there, there are issues receiver and quarterback, but I think they're gonna throw more. I think they're gonna be better throwing the ball more because they're gonna have to. I just they, they don't need him to do it. And that maybe that's where I'm, my nitpicking is coming from, where his numbers aren't amazing. They're good. They're above average for what they ask him to do. Twenty TD, six interceptions, like you mentioned. When it came to third down, he had what, most of those touchdowns a lot of those touchdowns. What eight of them, mm-hmm. I believe you said. Yeah. And but then again but then again I look at Wyoming I mean in the title game, six of thirteen. Only ten of fourteen attempts versus Houston, four of nine attempts Utah State. I know these are blowouts, seven to twelve at Fresno State where they only won by two touchdowns. There's those type of games where it's like, well, is he really that good a quarterback? That's where I'm getting at where it's like he yeah, he'll have great games like Cal when he played Cal did pretty good fourteen of twenty three. He had three touchdowns when they beat Northern Illinois last year or 15-20 versus UNLV. like He has his moments. He does a good thing, but I think my thing is I like how the Aztecs are playing. They're playing very well, but the next level for them is to break through and get to a big-money game, and if that's going to happen, they need Chapman to be one of the better quarterbacks in the conference, and this year, the quarterbacks are loaded. Ripon, Josh Allen, Nick Stevens, even Drew Brown at Hawaii. Worthman Air Force is a different type of quarterback. Phil Still, like he put out his magazine just the other day. Well, by this time, you probably have read it, but... He puts uh, David Cornwell of Nevada as the fourth quarterback in the conference. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of good quarterbacks, and Chapman still, even with that, those players, probably still would be hard luck to be middle of the pack. And that's my only concern. He's not a great quarterback. He does what's asked to him, and he doesn't make too many mistakes, but he's a bit better than a game manager. And this year, if they're going to get past that, he has to be a little bit better. But then again, are the I'll, I'll, we need to move on, but... Are the opportunities gonna be there to have him have a better season?
1: I think so, because I think when we start getting a little more into the schedule game by game, one thing I notice is that he's facing a lot of secondaries who are overhauling a lot of you know star players. They're they're having to replace a lot of star players, like you know, Air Force doesn't have Weston Steelhammer anymore. You know, Fresno State's replacing three guys in the secondary, Hawaii's placing a replacing a couple of guys in the secondary you know, New Mexico is replacing a couple guys guys in the secondary, and you know, Nevada's a soft defense. But I'll I won't belabor the point. But I think it helps that you know, if they're in that situation, chances are in any given week they're going to be going up against a pass defense that will be able to be softened up. I'll leave it at that.
0: That's true. That's gonna help as well. So, what's your biggest concern? I would it be probably same as mine. Offensive lines, because four returning starters are gone. Or yeah, they're losing. Or excuse me, let me rephrase that: losing four starters from last year's team. That has to be the biggest deal, despite having that talent of running back available.
1: I mean, yeah, I guess I would have to agree, especially because if you look at the depth chart that they put forward. Especially on the left side of the line, you're talking about two redshirt freshmen stepping in. Tyler Romer at at tackle and Keith Ismail at uh, left guard. But at the same time, you know, they've had a year to learn the system. And they're both big dudes. Like, I think on the whole, San Diego State's going to have a starting five that averages, you know, a pretty healthy over 300 yards. Or not 300 yards, 300 pounds, rather. So... On the one hand, yeah, I think it may take some time for their youth to kind of coalesce, but with the system that they're running, you know what they ask them to do, I wouldn't be too concerned about it as much as I would be about other teams having to replace, you know, that many players on the line.
0: Yeah, because it's not a difficult system, really. Yeah. Do you have any concern? One last thing on the offense. I have Phil Stills' preseason team in front of me. Out of the four teams he puts on offensive line, Asics have just one player on the offensive line union that with Antonio Rosales there at guard. Nobody else makes the first four cut. Is that a little surprising or just because there's no experience you can't put him there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think to some extent that probably has more to do with just the inexperience more than anything. But, you know, for me, I'm not totally concerned with their ability to kind of step in and do what they need to do.
0: So, since this is going to be one of the better teams, clearly, where would you put their offense against anybody else in the conference? Like, when you go overall, where would you kind of pecking order kind of place them? Because last year, when you go look at their total offense, they were up there. They were number. They were only six last year in total offense, which isn't a great, greatest stat to use, but they were top four. The yards per play, like you mentioned before, the rushing was pretty good. They are number four in yards per play. Where would you rank their offense? Like, who would you say would have a better offense this coming year than them?
1: I mean, I guess it wouldn't surprise me if they were a little bit better on offense, if they can find those gains in the passing game and kind of assuming that they're not losing too much from, you know, replacing Penny or Pumphrey's carries with Washington's carries. I guess overall, I would say, I mean, off the top of my head, it's, it's that's a difficult question to answer because, you know, certain offenses in the conference do some things really well. So, I mean, you can't say that it's going to be the best passing offense, but you can't also say it's going to be the best rushing offense.
0: So we're, let me ask you, because that is a tough question. I'm thinking about it as well. So I would say I know this is super early. We're kind of going a bit different angle than our last shows on this, but. I would be confident saying Colorado State will have the best overall offense this year in the league from who they have back, quarterback, running back. And then after that, it's kind of up in the air because, yeah, Boise has Brett Rippon and Cedric Wilson. That's a known quantity, new running back coming in. New Mexico should be fine, but they replace Terrion Gibson. Air Force loses basically everybody, but it has Arian Worthman back at quarterback. Wyoming loses Brian Hill and Tanner Gentry. And they have Hawaii, who is worse than San Diego State who came on strong last half of the year. So and then who knows what happened to... with Nevada because with their new offense too. So there's only like two – the two known quantities for me for sure are like CSU and San Diego State really. And Even Aztecs losing six key players in offense.
1: Let me answer the question like this. They're the going to be the best offense in the division. I'm fairly well, come
0: confident. Come on, man. That's hard. Come on, really?
1: Okay, so then on the conference, I would say, I would say, though, you know, all things considered, knowing that, you know, New Mexico is probably going to be a tiny bit better at running the football. You know, Air Force is probably neck and neck with them. And, you know, they don't have the passing firepower of a CSU or a Boise. But honestly, I mean, they're probably like fourth on the whole.
0: That's what I'm thinking too. I think they have a least what we know now, probably better than Wyoming at the moment. Yeah, and but they, then like you said, Air Force to Mexico should be better. But losing, especially Air Force losing so many players, it's going to be a tight. There's going to be a lot of offense. I would just say CSU and probably Boise are going to be the top couple of the offenses. But it's just an interesting thought to go through because this is going to be a quarterback league this year. I think overall compared to last year, being the running back league.
1: Yeah, well, and let's not forget they were also fourth last year in yards per play.
0: Yes, they were. And assuming Washington and Penny keep that up, because Washington, one last quick thing: fifty-five rushes only and six touchdowns. That's a pretty crazy ratio there.
1: Yeah, just, <laughs> I really don't yeah. have anything to add to that. That's kind of. But, yeah.
0: And then, like, really quick too, the receiving because we know Penny, he was fifteen catches. If he replaces what Pumphrey did, that's twenty-seven right there. Maybe thirty, double that output. Their offense, it'll be fine offensively. But just there's just the again, I like if they're going to be like. Elite, elite, they need a little bit better of a passing game. So, defense, defense, it's gonna be fine. Rocky Long, blah blah blah. But no, they do lose a few good players like Alex Barrett, Kyle Kelly are, are gone from defensive line. Uh, Calvin Munson is somewhere in the NFL, I believe, right? He got yes. drafted, I want to say. DeMonte Casey, of course, is gone. Malik Smith. So, they they lose a lot of guys out there, but. They do have another
1: defensive coordinator. Let's not forget that too.
0: Oh, I forgot. Yes, who was that again? I, I think just... Gonzalez,
1: who got promoted.
0: So what? Where was he before then with this team?
1: Oh, he was with the staff here before. If I'm if I remember correctly, he was the safeties coach before he got promoted to defensive coordinator.
0: That's a good. That's a good job to have because safeties are one of the strongest positions these guys have on the team for the Aztecs. Yeah, and really, is, is it going to matter though? Because it's really a rocky log around the defense. So, it could, you know. It, it, of course, I, I I'm just I'm, not to downplay it, but it's like a defensive coach. All oh, the new coordinators coming in, it's like really going to do call plays or do anything. It's still the head coach's defense. But that it a wrinkle. That's a difference, and it's not like the Aztecs did not lose a lot of talent off of the defense that was one of the best in the conference and the nation last year.
1: It, yeah, it is. It's it's. On the one hand, like they're losing an insane amount of production in some respects because you know at a- along the line, they're losing Alex Barrett and Kyle Kelly, who between the two of them had twenty and a half tackles for loss and thirteen and a half sacks.
0: Good. And then, you,
1: and then you add you know Calvin Munson, Austin Wyatt Thayer to their, you know, that's fifteen more sacks from the line or fifteen more tackles for loss rather from the linebacker position and eight and a half more sacks. So while I'm not doubting their ability to find guys to fill those roles, I you know, I think it's kind of important that they're that they have to do it because, you know, that's been one of their strengths relative to pretty much everybody else in the conference. Like if I'm not mistaken, they led the conference in tackle. No, the, rather they were they were fifth in tackles for loss, but I think they led the conference in sacks if I'm not mistaken. And they've done so two years in a row. So to me, the question is, can they do it for a third time?
0: There's that. Yeah, because for sacks overall, I had it here in front of me. They were up at the top. Yeah, they were uh, 2.71 per game, 38 Mm -hmm. overall. There's that, but also, like we mentioned in one of these prior shows, turnover margin, they've just been insane in turnover margin. Yeah. Weren't they plus 22 last year, I want to say? I'm trying to grab it here, but they were – Insane of where they'd be able to. Uh, that's like the one of the big, what, like. If you look at Philistals Magazine, I mentioned because I just got it the other day, looking over it. But they were not plus twenty two. They were, let's see, uh, plus one per game. So plus twelve, plus fourteen overall. That's like one of the biggest things. If you were, it's kind of luck factor a little bit. Like Fresno was not very good last year in turnover margin minus nine. As was Boise State was the anomaly where they were minus nine but still had a pretty good record. That is an area where it's kind of luck, but Aztecs, like, the past couple of years, the past three years, they've been top four in the conference, and it the past two years with a oh the plus-22 I was thinking of was 2015, plus-14 last year. That's, like, it's hard to predict and hard to sustain, but the way the defense plays, it's that's one of the things, like, getting to the quarterback and getting turnover margin, Cause it's not just a defense. It's also meaning your Rashard Penny's not fumbling. Chapman controlling the ball on the on the passing, not intercept, not throwing interceptions. And they that's just one of those things where it's like, well, can you do it again? It's luck factor predicting predicting turnovers is probably the hardest thing to do. But Aztecs, what they've been, what they've done, it's they're not going to be bad at it, in my opinion.
1: That's true. And I think it's also worth noting that even though they're losing a lot of production, you know, a lot of the guys who are stepping in are. Again, guys who have been in the system, they pitched in a little bit. You know, I'm talking about like, you know, someone like Jay Henderson, who, if I'm not mistaken, is stepping in at middle linebacker so that Ryan Dunn, who started there a year ago, can shift to the outside. You know, everybody who's at the top of the depth chart right now is actually a senior in the front six. You know, you got Jay Henderson, you got, um, you know, Ryan Dunn, Dakota Turner, Sergio Phillips, you know, all guys who... You know, maybe if they didn't start, you know, maybe if they didn't have full-time roles last year, you know, definitely had a role and made a count in a lot of respects. It's just going to be interesting to see what they do with more snaps under their belt.
0: Well, is that too? Then also, look at how many players played in double-digit games last year.
1: Yeah, that too.
0: Like the front six, like their defensive line. Yeah, Barrett and Kelly are gone, but he had uh, Phillips and Turner... And then also uh, Hall, there you go, Noble Hall, all play 14 games. It's similar to the linebacker spot. Yeah, Munson and White they are gone. They had one, two, five more guys play double-digit games and go down secondary. They return four players, six players who played in all 14 games, a handful who played at least five to eight more. So it's just, like you said, getting more snaps. These, they're, they're experienced despite losing a good amount of production. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be hard to re- replicate what DeMonte Casey did with his uh, eight-pass breakup, seven picks. Yeah, that's hard to uh, have somebody come in and do that, whether it's Trent Thompson, Dwayne Parchman, or somebody coming in with another year. But they're all upperclassmen, just about a bunch of sophomores in the secondary, but they have people who played. So this is a great defense and returning talent. It's not like where we mentioned Nevada bringing back nearly everybody on defense, but it was a bad unit last year. This is a team bringing back good, a good, a good defense and bringing back a lot of people who played. Because part of it is, too, that three, three five, you're going to rotate guys in or out, because if you're in that five group, you might play linebacker. They might have you play safety in one position. They might have you play that Aztec or Warrior position they, they, may, they have mentioned there at San Diego State. And So, that's why these guys play a ton, and they're versatile, and that's the point of this defense. And there might be different names, but I think it'll be par for the course for what they're going to do, what they're going to give up, what they're going to allow, how they're going to play. It's just like who's going to be Demonte Casey for this year or Malik Smith for this year?
1: Okay, so I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think that even though they're losing Casey, that the secondary could be even better than it was last year?
0: Oh, that's a good one because Casey last year he had fifty-five tackles, led the led that unit, led the unit in, in tackles for loss, three, tied with a couple guys, pass breakups, and ints. Do you, what do you mean be better, just that one player could be better? Or overall, they'll...
1: Just even as a unit, could the secondary be better? Oh,
0: man. I could see that maybe, just because, like I mentioned, if you go down how many guys played double-digit games, there's a lot of those guys back. And so that's... I could see that. What's your thought on that? Maybe?
1: I mean, I mean... I mean... I don't really want to hedge. I think the answer is yes, because oh. the guys they have coming back are really, really good players. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember watching a few games during, you know, I didn't watch all of the Aztec games last year, but of what I saw, you know, I remember a guy like Ron Smith who showed up pretty big in the championship game, if I remember correctly. And, you know, he's only a sophomore, and he's stepping into that cornerback situation across from a guy, Cameron Kelly, who has had experience, you know, elsewhere in the secondary at the Warrior and the Aztec positions. And even beyond that, you know, a guy like Parker Baldwin is seems to be a guy who could do it all. You know, he was right behind Casey as far as total tackles in the secondary, and he had seven pass breakups of his own, only two interceptions, but it obviously wouldn't surprise me, you know, if he turned a couple more of those into turnovers and, you know, if guys like, you know, three star guys like Trenton Thompson or Dwayne Parchment stepped in and just kind of continued that tradition because they've shown, I think, in the last couple of years that as, at least as far as defending passes or breaking up passes in 2015 and 2016. They led the conference both times and I honestly don't – I mean, can you think of a secondary who would be able to top them this fall? Because I really that's, can't. That's,
0: that's tough. While you're saying that, I was looking at Casey's numbers past couple years, I'll get back to your question there. But he had 27 career pass breakups. Or not 27, he had actually a 29. And that – it's tough. He had 15 interceptions overall the past couple years. I they there could be a guy, but overall defensively for a secondary, I don't only got Air Force loses their top two guys. I'd say Wyoming maybe has a decent chance mm-hmm. with Andrew Wingard because if you look at like just real quick back to Phil, still he puts three of he puts all four of their starters on the four on the four deep. He has Wingard on the first team, and they have Rico Gadford and Marcus Epps on the second team, and then the other cornerback Antonio Hole on the fourth team. There, I think that could be one that could challenge them. Get Tyler Horton at Boise State. Utah State always has a pretty good secondary, but I would say I'd say Wyoming's secondary is probably going to be better than San Diego State's.
1: I'm actually kind of shocked that he doesn't have Ron Smith anywhere on his team.
0: He did not. Oh, that was a, a thing I didn't notice there going through this the other day. But I, I don't know I like it's. I think Wyoming and San Diego State have the chance to be the top two secondaries.
1: I mean, either way. I think these, be guys really are, these guys are gonna be a lot of fun to watch. Like even even as a Fresno fan, knowing that they're gonna make my team miserable later this year.
0: Hey hey, last year was only a fourteen point game. Come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, by the by I know it's a slow knockout drag year. fight,
0: but come on, it's a close score.
1: But I'm just saying, like you know, the guys that they have coming back, as well as the guys who are stepping in at those key positions. You know, this, I think, is the part of the team where, you know, Rocky Long has recruited really well. And they have, like, tons of talent back there. I'm actually, like, really jealous. And maybe I'm being a little too effusive. But I think that, you know, if they're going to reach their highest ceiling, you know, these guys are going to take another step forward. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if that happened.
0: Interesting. I, I, it's there, like we've said it a bunch of times. They have a lot of returning talent who played part time last year. Now, let's see who's going to step up and play. And then, even like freshmen come in. Like Darian Hall is one of their highest overall. He's their number one rated recruit, mm-hmm. DB freshman coming in. Well, how much will he play? Darian Hall. He may play a little bit. Who knows? But they got a lot of talent there, and they've been, like I so said, recruiting very well. I would say, like, do you have a concern on the on the defense? Because losing Munson and Barrett's a pretty big deal.
1: I mean I would say yes, but if you look at their recruiting rankings like actually I, I may have misspoke before because when you look at their recruiting rankings as a linebacker you know they've got guys back there who may not be starting this year but they are super deep like Kaiva Tazino or um you know Drew Mathis, you know young guys, freshmen and sophomores who came, you know, to San Diego with really highly record, you know, to for example, was a four-star guy back in 2015.
0: He might be the best play guy in this team because he played 11 games last year. Yeah.
1: And, you know, he may not do much more than rotate in behind, you know, these seniors who are going to be starting like Laka Laka or Laka Laka as a junior, excuse me, but, you know, like Dunn and, you know, Tyler Morris and Jay Henderson in that linebacking unit. But honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if he stepped in and made an impact in any given week. You know what I mean? Like that's how deep <laughs> this defense is, and like that's how, you know, that's what sustained success really does is it kind of gives you that benefit of the doubt, even though you're having to replace so much production.
0: Because yeah, even with know he's their best recruit in a while. He out of the returning defensive players, he's number six. Yeah, and so that's what it tells you. You're only in two tackles. He played every game. Kind of. Or three and a half tackles, excuse me, but it's and in in those three and a half tackles, one and a half for sacks and one and a half TFL. So he, out of the time he's in there, he made some good moves. And sec let let's go to um, special teams really quick. Do you think Penny will continue his same role as always being that returner, just because of how many touchdowns he's had the past couple of years?
1: I mean, if I were Rocky Long, I would have a hard time taking him out of that role just because of how good he has been. But at the same time, if you choose to give someone like Juwan Washington a few more carries to kind of, you know, even things out, you know, let's not forget that Juwan Washington still averaged over 29 yards carry per return
0: last year. And a touchdown.
1: Yeah. So, like, both of those guys have proven that they can be a weapon. So... I would look for Penny to be a factor once again, but I wouldn't be surprised if they let watched and do that job instead.
0: It would make sense because of especially Penny might get or will get more in the passing game, like double up like I mentioned before what Pumphrey did last year. And if you look at maybe they'll mix it between punt and kick return cuz kick return was all Penny. Punt return he did not um, get it at all looking at kind of last year. Mm-hmm. CFP stats isn't the best on there for punt return, but maybe they'll mix it up that way where Washington will do more uh, punt returning and kind of change up a few things that way. That makes sense. But regardless, they're fine at that position. So, time for schedules, schedule yeah, time. Before before we get scheduled, take a quick timeout and we'll be back in a little bit here to go through San Diego State's uh, schedule for 2017. All right, we have our spreadsheets ready. Matt, your spreadsheet's been completed for a while, is that correct? It has. Mine is going to be on the fly at some point. A little bit. I've, I filled out some of it, but they start out UC Davis, which is going to be a victory. And it's one of the uh, non-August games, so it's Saturday, September 2nd. Victory, Quad Q, Qualcomm. This is going to be, isn't this the, um, I believe, this is going to be that um, flyover game or firework game? What's it called they do down in San Diego where it's always their biggest crowd because it's a fireworks or Army or Air Force does something?
1: I have no idea.
0: Do you have any, any idea what I'm talking about? Nope. <laughs> I think it's just some some firework game. It's a huge crowd because San Diego, aren't Navy Town, stuff like that. So, But that's a victory. Then they go to Arizona State, week two. Pac-12 Network. So if you're a Mountain West fan, you might want to get Sling TV at some point in the, in the non-conference slate to get, like, that week's trial or whatever gives you the longest trial to test out the Pac-12 network. I'm surprised these games on airs on Pac-12 network. It's Saturday night, late game, 8 p.m. Pacific. In Arizona State, like, I talked with the guys from House of Sparky. They have, like, a, a, a new quarterback coming in to maybe make th- make things better, but it's not like Arizona State was amazing last year. They still have Nor- Norville there as their, um, oh, no, excuse me, um, not Norville. He's at uh, Memphis now. Um, guy who's the guy who jumps jobs? Todd Graham. He, he he's, been, he, <laughs> he's been in his. Well, he, he he's notorious for. This is my dream job. Dream job number one. Dream job number two. Arizona State. Dream job number three. I was thinking of uh, Mike Norvell, who's down in Memphis now. But let's But getting back, like they weren't great last year. They were five and seven, and Arizona State doesn't really scare me too much for what they're going to do this year.
1: I mean, I think. I think if you're an Arizona State fan or if you're if you're looking forward to this game as a San Diego State fan, rather, you know, I'm thinking that you want to make sure that you can keep Chapin upright because, as you mentioned earlier, you know, if there was, you know, one of the few soft spots on the offense was the fact that he got sacked 28 times last year. And they have some pieces, you know, where they have, you know, someone like Corn Crump coming back. And he had nine sacks last year. But even beyond that, you know, they've got, you know, one, two, three, four other guys who had between two and a half and four and a half sacks. So it wouldn't surprise me if he got a little bit of pressure. But at the same time, you know, I think that San Diego State's defense is going to be more than good enough to kind of keep the offense in check because, yeah, they do have Blake Barnett coming in from Alabama, but... You know, their quarterback situation last year wasn't great, and they do have a lot of production returning. But against this defense, I'm not really expecting them to have much of a challenge. So, you know, it may be close for a little while, but I may be close for a little while. But I have San Diego State winning this one pretty comfortably.
0: So, Bill Conley has the Pac 12 preview up already, like Mm -hmm. the overall. Arizona State. Do you know where they're ranked out of, out of the top twelve, right within the Pac twelve conference?
1: Uh, aren't they like next to last?
0: Yes, tier 4, 11. Yeah, and like I said, they may, Blake Barnett may may do something there just because he came from Alabama when he Jalen Hurts took that job over. Everybody said transfer when that true freshman gets a job, but if you look at Arizona's like if you look at their S and P like the past while well, they've been dipping every year since two thousand thirteen, they were. 8th, uh, 25th, 49th, and last year, 83rd. They've been trending down every year. Offense was really good, and then now their middle-of-the-pack defense has just been terrible outside of the uh, same trend. Like in 2013, this was a really good team. But 2014, defense was middle-of-the-pack. Last year, 81st rated defense. 114th rated defense last year. So this Arizona State team, they have a a lot to do if they're going to get to even be a decent team to Pac-12. And the Pac-12 South is tough. Like, Utah's going to be good. Should be pretty good. USC, Colorado's not a dump anymore. Um, UCLA, Josh Rosen, you got Sam Darnold. It's, we'll go into it more in the preview. But when I was talking with those guys from House Sparky, they were concerned about quarterback. They are. They were surprised a little bit of that Arizona State's favorite, but not really, because it's almost a toss-up game. But why would I don't even see why Arizona State's even favored in this matchup at all? I know Aztecs, well, I sh- shouldn't be that naive, but with Aztecs losing Pumphrey and their whole offensive line, but their defense is back, Return one of the few teams that lose a starter but has a 1,000-yard rusher returning. I just don't see why this shouldn't be a victory for San Diego State. Me neither. Victory? Victory. Victory it is. And really quick, looking at um, Arizona State, they they do return some talent, but like their leading rusher from last year, DeMario Rick- Richard, only had 593 yards.
1: Yeah, not great.
0: That, no, that is uh, not uh, what you want to see. All right, so victory for me, victory for you. They return a lot. That's the only concern. They do return a lot of talent coming back. But, again, it's not, like, great talent. I think they'll stifle whoever they whoever's going to run the ball or pass the ball and everything. So 2-0. They you go to Stanford, man. Or, excuse me, the host Stanford. CBS Sports Network game. Is this their biggest game on the schedule?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely
0: not even close bigger than getting finally getting to play Boise State again
1: this is the biggest game on their schedule because you know having read up on Stanford a little bit even despite losing Christian McCaffrey this is probably the best team they play all year
0: I could see that for sure they are like what David Shaw is doing there he's making them a powerhouse and like is reading a few things like this is the team that's they're technically like probably a slight step behind USC and Washington, mm-hmm. but they can still win the conference while next year being like their year to be like the team in the conference and just steamroll through the PAC 12 next year. Yeah. But they might be able to contend this year and nobody would be surprised or it out of the norm that they beat Washington and, or beat whomever comes out of the PAC 12 South, likely USC and go to the Rose Bowl or even the playoff.
1: Yeah, because, you know, they're losing a couple of guys off the defense. Obviously, the biggest one is Solomon Thomas, who, as a 49ers fan, I just want to say thank you, Stanford. (laughs) But at the same time, they're bringing back, like, almost everybody else. They're bringing back a couple guys in the secondary, and they're bringing back pretty much everybody else in the front seven. And so I think, you know if they're going to have a challenge establishing the running game, and I'm talking about San Diego State when I say that, this is going to be their biggest challenge is fighting their way through that defense. Because not only is it big and you know talented, but it's also very deep. And while I think that you know the defense could take advantage of an offense that was a little bit slow to come around last year, it didn't really take off until Keller Christ took over the quarterback spot later in the year. But again I think it helps that you don't have to face Christian McCaffrey. But at the same
0: well, time But Br- look at Bryce Love though. He had almost 1000 yards. He had 783 yards. And he did average as the he
1: averaged 7 yards to carry too.
0: Yeah, that, that's, that's not bad.
1: Yeah, so I mean I think that, you know, Stanford's going to have some questions to work out on, on offense. I, I mean, this is probably one of the games I'm looking forward to the most this year just because of the fact that I feel like both of these defenses are really going to be able to assert themselves.
0: One thing I noticed, you looking at the stats and everything, because I thought these played last year, but they, didn't they play two years ago, these two teams, I believe?
1: I think you might be thinking of San Jose State.
0: Uh, maybe, yeah, the Bill Walsh game. But looking at like kind of what both these two teams do, a lot of the things similarly... Like, turnover margin, both of them are really good at turnover margin. Both of them have a good defense. They'll have a a good ground attack. Quarterback play, not bad for either, but not going to blow your doors off. Is there a line out in this game yet, I believe? There probably is. Have you seen, like, a point spread from, like, Vegas Insider or anybody?
1: I have not.
0: I'm going to see if I can pull that up really quick. But with this game, like, if you look at, like, FPI and uh, S&P Plus, it's, what, 25% chance San Diego State will get to victory here. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing that stinks about San Diego State. Qualcomm has literally no no home-field advantage. And that's an issue. Even if they bring in 40,000 40, fans, they're still 25,000 short of a sellout. And San Diego State, like, yeah, they played all the night games. They're all on CBS Sports. Great. They play well at home. But it's not like they have a home field advantage because look at what happened last year when they played Cal. Cal wasn't great, and they needed a late interception to beat Davis Webb and the Bears. That's true. And so I'm trying to find it here. But I, do you think Aztecs can pull off the victory, or what would you think at this point in June how they could pull off a victory?
1: I think that they can, but you know, looking at it right now, I don't think that they will. I mean, I think it'll obviously be a very it'll be a very close game. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they were able to pull off an upset. But, you know, Stanford, at least to me, has the potential to be, like, really good. And I think they'll probably be more of a factor in the Pac-12 race than a lot of other prognosticators probably think. I'm a little bit higher on Stanford maybe than most.
0: Interesting. So, we talked earlier, like, very, very beginning. I can't find this point spread here. I'll find it later. Maybe it's somewhere lying around. But... It's probably going to be at Stanford by eight point touchdown or so at this point for being on the road. Mm-hmm. And when you look at a group of five teams who have a chance to go to like a big money bowl game, it's I think obviously got to start with South Florida just because who they play and who they have coming back at quarterback, even with a new head coach there. I think Aztecs are in the mix. I think Colorado State is in the mix. Even Boise State is going to be in that same mix as well. Is there any other American team you can think of that might have a shot in that in that arena? uh
1: hmm maybe Tulsa
0: I think Tulsa's a dark horse um uh, maybe yeah I think that's a de- with their offense obviously Philip Montgomery there and how they sling it but this is the game if the Aztecs want to be taken seriously to get into that spot because it's gonna be all South Florida and here's the thing um well, let me do two things first mention two comments here South Florida schedules terrible so I think San Diego State or any team not named South Florida can afford a loss. Because CSU plays, yeah, they play Oregon State. and no, that could be too great. They play Colorado, should be pretty good. Boise goes out and plays Washington State. Uh, Troy's going to be decent. South Florida plays nobody in non-conference, literally nobody. Mm-hmm. And so there could be a loss on this schedule where it's like with Western Michigan. Had Boise State not lost late in the year, they they would have gotten the bid over and undefeated Western Michigan to go to the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Because the rankings bared that late in the year. However, if San Diego State wants to be in the driver's seat, beating Stanford and Arizona State will put you there, being at 3-0, beating two Pac-12 teams, the one that's probably going to be the second-best team in the North Division. I'm going to say a loss right now, but it's a must-win game if they want to. Because we hear Aztec fans every offseason. Why aren't we getting the credit like Boise State? Why aren't we getting this love? Well, Boise's broken through the barriers, gone to multiple Fiesta Bowls. They've gone to the Georgia Dome to beat up on teams in the SEC, and this is the last show, but final time. Promise, ever I'll say it again: if you want to be this great team, you do not lose to a Sun Belt team that doesn't go to a bowl game. Yeah, you just can't do that. That's my point. Like, it's not not saying disrespect, but if you want to be taken seriously as as a great team out of these other conferences outside the SEC and Big Twelve, you don't lose to those teams, and you beat up on Stanford, you beat up on Arizona State. You go undefeated, you go 11-1, you go to the Festival and beat up on whatever Pac-12 or Big 12 team comes calling a Big 12 team. Mm-hmm. This is probably their most important game in years they played because I'm co- fairly confident they can beat Arizona State. Stanford, not not as much, but if they want that seriousness and want to be taken as worthy guys, they've won 22 of 24 games. They should be getting more respect. They should be in these preseason top 25, top 25 bowls but it's always Boise State. It's never San Diego State. It's Boise State's either also mentioned or ranked 20 to 25. No, you never see San Diego State. If the Aztecs want that, you got to beat Stanford.
1: Exactly. And, I mean, you know, we've said in the past that, you know, you know the, the weak schedule, I think, is one thing that held them back. But at least for this year, I think that San Diego State's schedule gives them the best chance to be the Mountain West's representative on New Year's Day. And Stanford Stanford is the biggest hurdle because, I mean, I know know Boise State is playing Washington State and, you know, other teams are playing other teams. Like, you know, if Fresno State were a better team, I would say that, (laughs) I would say, you know, being able to, you know, put them up against, you know, Washington and schedule wise. yeah. Yeah. But realistically, among the teams who have these non conference schedules, who are in the conversation for it right now, San Diego State is the team to beat as far as getting to a New Year's Day Bowl.
0: Yeah, schedule wise, because like you said, Boise plays a couple of teams. CSU plays, like I mentioned, Oregon State, Colorado. Okay, whatever. But yeah,
1: a one in four chance, like Bill C says, strikes me as being a little bit low. Personally, I would probably put it closer to 40% because I feel like it's going to be a little bit closer than the projections might suggest.
0: So where do you see – do you see where Stanford's ranked anywhere? Are they – I'm assuming they're probably top 20 team preseason-wise. I
1: imagine they probably are, yeah.
0: I should do a quick search on my – well, I'll look at that later my magazine. But, the, yeah, let's move on. It's going to be a loss right now. I think they could win, but it'll be tough to they're see. They're projected it, to be 12th, at, by the way, as far as S&P+. That's, that's a pretty good – Consideration to look at. And if you look at who Stanford plays, one last thing, because we don't need to go this deep in all these games. But with Stanford, they play. um Ooh, should I call it right now? Because they play at USC the week before, man.
1: <laughs> if you want.
0: Do I need a stupid upset pick?
1: You, that's entirely up to you.
0: Victory! Okay. San Diego State. Going for it. All right. David, give me a high five on Twitter. Aztec Nation, don't yell at me if they lose this game. They jinx them. Okay. <laughs> hey, that's a tough one. Going to USC week before they play, they start off the season at Rice, nothing by week, but then at USC at Stanford at San Diego State, they don't play their first home game till September 23rd. Hmm. I'm calling it for playing USC week week before they're going to lose to the Aztecs.
1: That's bold.
0: That is bold. Okay. What, what else is there? You got to be bold, man. We agree too much. We've got to be bold, right? Yeah, I guess we do. All right, at Air Force, not a picnic either, and it's. I think it's going to be a victory, partly because. Air, some people are saying Air Force might be like this two-win team again, like they were a couple years ago, because the amount of talent they lose. But they'll be fine. But I, I'm going to see San Diego State take care of business on the road in Colorado Springs the next week. I agree. We agree. Northern Illinois. This is not the same. This is also a home game. Not the same. Norm. Northern. Not normal. Northern Illinois. Team Jared Lynch or whoever's back there. What are they projected to be? Are they supposed to be just an OK team again? Are they finally kind of back to being a decent MAC program?
1: Uh, well, Bill C has been projected at six wins. Okay. So you know they should be solid, but maybe not ten wins good anymore.
0: Yeah, they because the MAC has changed a little bit. Western Michigan uh, Toledo's uh, pulling up a few. Well. They've always been decent, by getting there. But NIU's not the. Wasn't there a record, or wasn't there something before, like a couple years ago, they're like the MAC division representative for like a, for multiple years on running. It was, was that the case with it NIU. Was either
1: five or six years in a row that they won the MAC West.
0: Something crazy, and with this game, they're giving a San Diego State I should say about an eighty percent chance to win, seventy-seven percent chance to win. They're actually giving. They project Nor Niu to be a pretty much a better team than Air Force, but again, when you look at those advanced numbers, it's like oh, you lose a billion starters or a billion players, you're not going to be perceived very good. But they're I don't Niu they're not creating any buzz for me or anything, and who like I said, they're just uh they're not the team they used to be. Is there any reason to be too concerned with the uh, the Huskies?
1: I don't think so, because, I mean, the the Huskies are losing a lot on offense. You know, they have uh, in you know injury-prone quarterback in Ryan Graham. You know, they're losing their top runner. They're losing two of their three top receivers. They're losing, you know, three guys off their offensive line from a year ago. So, this strikes me as the kind of thing where it could be a long afternoon for NIU.
0: Dang. All right, victory for uh, San Diego State. Okay. All right, then you go to UNLV, who's not getting much love either from these rankings, despite you will hear from the rooftops Armani Rogers every week about this team. I don't think UNLV could stop this Aztec defense at all. I'm going to go just because we go through these teams every week, through these previews. UNLV is not going to win this game.
1: Yeah. I mean, the UNLV didn't really have a passing game to speak of when they played last year. So while I'm expecting them to be a little bit better, we'll get into that a little bit later. San Diego State's still got a talent advantage of them. They'll probably win this one pretty handily.
0: Yeah, even it's also a concern, like a little thing to look at the injury issue for the Rebels receivers last year. Even they had Devontae Boyd and everybody else back, it's still they don't have enough firepower. It's not going to be a Wyoming situation where they can somehow squeak out a what the triple overtime 69 66 victory. But game number two of the year, Boise State after the rotational layoff of two years. Get to host the Broncos at Qualcomm. That's I'm excited for too. that. <laughs> I want to try to go to that game if possible. That'd be pretty cool.
1: I mean, this is the other game that really kind of decides the, who's in the driver's seat for the New Year's Day game, isn't it?
0: Yeah, because when I look at Boise's schedule, I have my or the I have their win loss here. I had them. Oh, how did, who did I predict in this game? But Boise, I had them starting off five and zero. Oh. And their first loss was game six. Was it this one? Yes, it was. Oh, I have the Aztecs winning. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I have a win this one, too. Oh, man. This is going to be. Is this the Aztecs year? Are we predicting Aztecs to like, run the table or something?
1: Okay, well, we can't do that. You completely. have your spreadsheet in front of you. Are you filling it out as you go, or do you already have it filled out?
0: As we go, I'm sitting undefeated right now.
1: Okay, so then let's let's skip ahead a little bit because the next three <laughs> okay. games after Boise State you get home versus Fresno State at Hawaii Good. at San Jose State.
0: Hawaii has a chance to be interesting.
1: I would agree.
0: But still a victory.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, because they they pretty much mauled Hawaii a year ago. Like if you remember, that was the game I, if I'm if I recall correctly, where Nick Rolovich took the benches away.
0: <laughs> that's right. You don't deserve benches, my team. Only winners get benches. So what's your what are you looking at going ahead here up to the bye week? Because that's a long time without a bye week as well.
1: I mean, I have them. I have them winning all three of those
0: games. So do I. I I'll like the Hawaii game because I think that'll be a fun one.
1: Okay, so then what about November 18th, home versus Nevada?
0: Well, it's after bye week, and knowing what we know about Nevada's rush defense, I don't give Nevada much chance, much chance of it all to get the victory.
1: Me neither. But I think it will be mildly interesting to see how the air raid stacks up against this 3-3-5. If only because, you know, if you go back to last year's Cal game... That was really one of those instances where the defense got pushed and it was their ability to be opportunistic that allowed them to come out on top as well as, you know, Donald Pumphrey.
0: Yeah,
1: but and I I don't think that Nevada is going to win this game, but I think that they could make it mildly interesting for a little bit just because of the contrast of offensive style versus defensive style.
0: There's that, and it's week what final final two weeks of the season. At this point, we should know who Nevada is, and they should have their offense under control.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Even with that, got to go Aztecs, right? Uh, yeah. So this gives brings us to the uh, home game, home finale, Black Friday. You're familiar with the Black Friday games with undefeated teams, aren't you, Matt?
1: Uh, yes, I am.
0: <laughs> Sorry about that. New Mexico comes to the queue. CBS Sports Network, uh, afternoon t- kick tip, whatever you want to say, kickoff for football. Do the Lobos have a chance of doing something crazy against the Aztecs with whomever's running the ball and whoever's throwing the ball? Yes. Ooh.
1: And I had to think. I had to think about this one for a long time before I came up with a decision. And I went back and I looked at what they've done in the last few years against triple option teams. And what stuck out to me is that even though they've been really dynamic as a defense against the run, in the last two years, the team that really you know, put it to them more than anything else as far as a triple option team was the championship game in 2015 against Air Force, where... They gave them pretty much all they could handle. Even as the Aztecs won that game.
0: Yeah, 305 yards, 6.6 yards per carry.
1: And New Mexico is going to be very, very dangerous.
0: And this is the other team. They haven't played New Mexico. It's the same thing with Boise State. Those are the two teams they missed. This is not the same New
1: Mexico team that they played in
0: 2014. It is not. Ooh, man.
1: I have you this one at the Lobo's win.
0: Oh! Lobo's victory! <laughs> oh, who, So, who's the projected um, starters for New Mexico this year running the ball? Is it. So, um, who's Terry and get, um, Gibson? So, they have Tyrone he, Owens. Ty, that's right, Tyrone Owens. not get have, those two guys mixed up.
1: They have Daryl Chestnut.
0: That's right, okay. They
1: have. I'm trying to scroll down while the tab is taking forever.
0: That's right, of course.
1: They have Richard McCorley. They have right. Taequann right. right. Woodhouse.
0: And, Lamar Jordan, quarterback.
1: And Romel Jordan coming back from an ACL injury, as well as you know redshirt freshmen like Davon Vigilant, Kintrell Moran, et cetera, et cetera,
0: et cetera. <laughs> Player X inserted here, right? They've got
1: a million dudes who can run the ball.
0: Okay. Here's the thing, though. Who's going to stop this Aztec defense from New Mexico? Or, excuse me, the, um, let me rephrase that. Who on the New Mexico defense will stop any this offense at all? Rashard Penny, um, Washington, even Chapman slinging the ball to um, guys in the air.
1: That's a very good point. Man. I... Here's the other thing, too. And is, this may sound ridiculous, but if they have the division and everything wrapped up, do you think that there could be some kind of hangover effect by this point?
0: But not if they're ten and ten and one or eleven and zero, and they're fighting to get to a Cotton Bowl or something or a Fiesta Bowl.
1: You might have said the same thing last year, but you forget that they that they got blown out by Colorado. Colorado yeah.
0: State, they got rolled. Yeah, and there were people who tried to convince us they gave up on purpose. I'm like, no, I don't buy that at all. Oh man, you and your facts. <laughs> so you you're going into Mexico victory despite. This being an 85% win for the Aztecs at home. And the way the season ends, they're not playing any juggernauts. Their final five opponents are an s plus 100 or worse rated. You don't think they'll just cakewalk through the final half of the season after Boise State?
1: I don't think they're going to face another team that runs the ball as efficiently as the Lobos do. And I think that, you know, even with a small sample size, maybe they're a little bit better against the triple option than, you know, Cough, cough, Boise State has been in the last couple of years. Oh, snap. I feel like that's a matchup that could be really problematic for them in the same way that it was yeah. in 2015 in the championship game.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to look at like last year, they didn't really. I know CSU ran like crazy. Brian Hill, different type of offenses. Even like NIU ran yards per play wasn't great under four, but they still had 155 yards. Yeah. And like, going back, like, South Alabama, the 2015 game. Sorry, I'm going by stats, not mentioning just because the loss. That was their only other game two years ago where they were looked pretty overmatched. And like you don't want to go back too far, like 2014, Nevada had a pretty good running attack. They ran over, ran well, as did Boise State. But like Nate, if you go back even 2014, the pole game versus Navy, they lost, gave up 254 yards on the ground, but Navy had to run the ball almost 60 times. Man, I like I like me some football, Bob. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows I love New Mexico.
1: So what are you What are you thinking?
0: I got two choices here. Well, clearly two choices. <laughs> I'm sticking with. I'm going twelve and zero. Aztecs Ooh, twelve and zero. Okay. That yeah, twelve and zero. <laughs> Congratulations. And pausing for
1: dramatic effect. <laughs>
0: I guess so. You know, you know what I'm calling for now because I kind of mentioned this last year. Um, well, no, we'll wait for it because we still have to talk Colorado State. So, and everybody knows I love me some Colorado State as well. That is true. Should I really go 12 and 0? That's stupid, isn't you it? You just
1: did. You can't take it back now.
0: The show's not over you yet. You got to
1: have it on your spreadsheet and everything.
0: I am. I'm filling up. I'm finalizing my spreadsheet now for a few other notes from prior um podcast. I'll
1: save this. So
0: what's your What's your record then? 10 and 2? I have
1: them at 10 and 2, and I have them at 7 and 1 in the conference.
0: Okay.
1: But I will say this. It would not surprise me if this team went 12 and 0. Ooh. It would not surprise me if they were playing on New Year's Day.
0: Wow. My 12 and 0 assumes they will be playing New Year's Day. Well, almost. Still so got to win that pesky conference championship game over some team X.
1: That's true, but I think at a minimum, I'll I'll say it now, but I'll mention it again when we get to our kind of big conference preview later in the summer. You know, I have them winning the division. I think that's pretty obvious with the seven and one record in conference. But yeah, this team is going to be really difficult for anybody to beat. Even you know a team like New Mexico or a team like Stanford. Like I'm expecting both of those games to be close. And, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, the Aztecs, especially on defense, were able to assert their will.
0: So what's your big... Is your biggest concern for this team the offensive line and replacing Richard Penny? Or, excuse me, having Richard Penny replace Donald Pumphrey? It's have
1: I think to me it's having, you know, one guy that, you know, maybe just a possession receiver. Because if they have a deep threat, that's great. If they have two guys that they can swing passes out to out of the backfield, that's great. But I think they might need one more guy that they can rely upon if they get into a situation where they're down six with four minutes to go and they need a touchdown to tie or win.
0: Man. Well, am I jinxing the Aztecs here? Do they not want me to root for their team now? Because apparently I've hated their team for years because going back to various quarterbacks they've had prior to Christian Chapman, who is was it, Max Maxwell Smith, who still I'll say is a ter- terrible quarterback?
1: Well, maybe now you are. Maybe. maybe now you're biased in favor of someone's team.
0: or a change. Uh, hey, hey, biased is good or bad? It, we never specify.
1: Against, I think that's the operative word most of the time, but not this
0: time. Yeah, but we're well. Okay, that's a good, good, good grammar there, buddy. But that's okay. <laughs>
1: You, you know how we did, you know how we did that thing a couple months ago when they had the the S and P rankings come out, and you asked me if San Diego State, Colorado State, Boise State, which one was number one in the conference?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I can't remember what I said back then. You're more than welcome to go back and listen.
0: We're not, so please do. But I think
1: <laughs> I, I think right now, San Diego State is the team to beat in the Mountain West.
0: I still. Say it's Colorado State. Despite me saying twelve and zero, I still think Colorado State has. Uh, again, it comes back to the one area I always complain of: the Aztecs' passing game. Mm-hmm. Rams have pro- Rams are. I believe Rams have the best offense overall. They have Izzy Matthews, Dalen Dawkins, and uh, Marvin McKenzie comes back from the ACL. Best running attack in the conference. They have probably a great. They do have a great receiving group coming back. And their defense is going to be, despite losing Kyle Davis, will be just fine. I think overall they have more things together than San Diego State. But San Diego State is very close to them. My big concern again, if who's gonna, if like, I know we mentioned the 99-yard play, who you can give the ball to? I'll never say, I'll probably say it for no team, but I would definitely have Colorado State Nick Stevens well above what San Diego State will do with Christian Chapman given that opportunity. That's fair. And so, like, anybody making that's difficult, but Aztecs, you can – do I get a – somebody give me a virtual high five if you like them with 12-0 prediction. I don't see how you can hate it, right? Or do they hate who it's coming from?
1: No, I think I think they'll take it where they can get it.
0: And I, I'm not pandering, but I Stanford will be tough. It's not going to be easy, but I think it's a po- legitimate possibility to pull off that upset at home. I agree. Anything else we need to add about the Aztecs?
1: I think we're pretty much. Any nuggets I'm, mi-
0: I'm missing? I think we said it all. So, again, thank you for listening. Again, find us on your RSS feed podcast. should be the same, but, again, we're on TuneIn. We're on um, Stitcher. We're going to be on iTunes, of course. Uh, eventually, uh, we're still on Blog Talk Radio for the time being, so check us out there. Just search for us. Search Mountain West. You'll find us, right? There's not many people writing or talking about this league overall, so. You'll find it. We'll end it. with
1: it that. You'll find
0: Yeah, you'll find it. We'll uh, We'll let you know where we're at. You, you, we're hard to miss, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're hard to miss, I think. So once again, um, that's our show for this evening. Yeah, we are biased against your team.